Well, hi there, everyone. Welcome to Hero Hero Go Show. Uh, for those of you who uh, are, are old subscribers and have been around forever, um, this is going to sound a little bit different in terms of format, uh, but uh, uh, should enable us to do a lot more stuff. Uh, if this is your first time, then uh, you don't know, be know better. Um, here's what we do. Uh, is I, uh, I, of course, am a Bo Ransdell. I am your host. And I am a, a student of Asian horror film. I, I am passionate about Asian horror film. And I like to examine it with a little bit of context. And in this episode, uh, I will be talking to one Richard Glenn Schmidt as we have a, a, a very entertaining conversation about the Pang Brothers, The Eye. We're going to be doing a series on this show of the movies, The Eye. Uh, there's The Eye, The Eye 2, The Eye 3, and then uh, The Child's Eye. We will be doing all of those. Uh, they will be dropping in a bi-weekly fashion. And uh, all the stuff that you're kind of used to hearing here and there uh, on the show, the little middle pieces and stuff like that is going to be a little more worked into the show uh, in, in a conversational style. And uh, the, the G-Spot, or Godzilla segment, will be a separate thing that drops, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure yet. They will happen. Uh, there will be one <laughs> between now and the next uh, the eye. So we'll figure that schedule out at any rate. Um, that is what, uh, you can look forward to here on hero, hero go show. I will not keep us too long from the actual show, which is, uh, as I said, a, a great conversation with, uh, Richard Glenn Schmidt of, uh, hello, this is the doom show as well as the doom movie thon. And, uh, before we get into it though, I would preface this by, by saying, the Eye uh, is based kind of on a true story. Not necessarily the seeing ghosts and whatnot. Everyone knows that's made up. No, um, the, the kind of final incident of the film is based around a, a gas explosion from 1990. Uh, it, is, uh, it happened in New Pechaburi Road in Bangkok in Thailand on uh, September 24th. 1990, what happened was a, uh, a gas tanker uh, fell over on the expressway. Uh, uh, liquid petroleum is what it was carrying. And it, uh, it, it exploded. And the fire that it produced, the, the explosion that, that resulted and the damage that was done was such that uh, 90 people were killed. Um, more than 100 more were injured. Uh, and... As you see in the film, if you haven't watched The Eye yet, please do before you, you hear the conversation. Uh, you don't have to, but I think, you know, it helps contextualize everything. Um, but, uh, yeah, there, the, there's a really horrific scene in the film The Eye in which you see people burned alive in their cars. That happened. The, the, there were about 43 cars that were just kind of incinerated um, at, at the point of the explosion. It was... Uh, the, the largest uh, or one of the largest and deadliest man-made disasters that has ever befallen Thailand. And so um, it, is, uh, it is with that in mind and that kind of mood, right? Like that's a heavy way to start this show. But uh, even though the conversation you're about to hear is frequently uh, a, a little bit silly because it's me and Rich are talking about this stuff, um, it's a heavy movie. It's kind of a bummer of a movie. Um, so without further ado, 
Thank you very much for listening to Hero Hero Go Show. There's a bunch more on the way. Uh, and now, here is The Eye. Hey everyone, uh, welcome back to Hero Hero Go Show. Uh, this is the beginning of an ocular adventure. Uh, see what I did there? Uh, featuring four films. Uh, and with me to discuss The Eye... The I-2, the I-10 uh, or 3, depending on who you ask, and The Child's Eye, uh, all of those movies, but not uh, all in this discussion, is the venerable Hero Hero Go Show companion, Richard Glenn Schmidt. Oh, I'm here. Yes, you are, uh, you are seen, sir. Uh, and, and this is the eye the the original eye as directed by danny and oxide Peng, uh which is a fun uh, set of names to say oxide Peng, you gotta think is his wrestling name <laughs> i just call them the Peng bros they, yeah <laughs> they are uh identical twins born 15 minutes apart and interestingly, at least at the beginning of their career, uh, you know, they did uh, Bangkok Dangerous, I think, is their first film. And and then The Eye followed on the heels of that. And they are not only are the identical twins when they direct, they direct every other day. So and, and one of them just stays home and like edits and shit. So. Uh, and they, they talk about how, like, when the cast, uh, it takes a little while for them to get acclimated to the fact that, oh, it's a different guy every other day, even though it looks like the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a real fucked up way to do it, but I really admire it. Um, it's a very, like, uh, David Lynch, uh, speaking of, who we were talking about off the air, uh, a very Lynchian way to go about directing your film. Of having oh identical God. twins trade off. But yeah, so at least their first few movies, that's how they did it. I could see them like gaslighting Nicolas Cage for Bangkok Dangerous. Like Nicolas Cage never knowing that it was two different people. Right. And just being utterly confused the whole shoot. Look, I'm just going to call you Pang. Have you seen my pyramid? <laughs> I got it in Louisiana. I bought a haunted house, man. I'm real excited about doing this. So we're we're talking about the eye, but the eye is uh, uh it's 2002 was the original, and this isn't the Jessica Alba remake. Naturally, not on this fucking show. Um, oh. not like that. And yeah, so it is um kind of early goings in the Asian horror wave, even though th this is uh, Hong Kong and not uh, uh, J horror proper. Um, but it is, uh, it is definitely of that wave, you know, right off the bat, uh, I will say I have not going into this discussion. I have not seen all of the movies yet. I still have not seen child's eye. Yeah. This um, is the only one I've seen so far as of this recording. So I assume that the child's eye is all told from the point of view of Ying Ying, who is a character we will meet shortly, <laughs> but it's what I like to believe. So Richard, here is here is uh, what what goes on in the eye that uh, we have the the character of Moon, uh, who is blind since she was two years old. She is now twenty at the outset of, of the film, and she is a a classical violinist um, who is going uh, undergoing 
corneal eye transplants to get a new pair of eyes from this mystery donor, as they all are, right? Uh, donors aren't aren't typically, uh, you know, like there's not a tag on the eyes. That's like is this Joe's and <laughs> Joe's peepers. That would be my company, by the way. If I sold secondhand eyes, it would be Joe's peepers. And a fridge full of rotten sandwiches. <laughs> Ew. All egg salad. Oh, uh, doctor. Right. You know, the, those uh, sandwiches covered in plastic and the the plastic's poofing out to let you know that there's lots of flavor inside. It's hard to keep it all in. And, uh, but so Moon gets the this operation fairly early on. Like they don't they don't fuck around too much in this movie. And she's like happy to have her side back, but but Richard pretty quickly begins start seeing uh, uh, begin seeing mysterious figures that uh, seem to foretell death. So like the night before she's about to go uh, out of the hospital, um, she sees this shadowy figure uh, next to a patient in her room. And the like, the shadowy figure leads the patient out, and and when she wakes up the next morning, they're like, "Oh yeah, that lady you saw last night, yeah, she's fucking dead. She died last night." And uh, so I want to pause there because this is essentially the first uh, fifteen twenty minutes of the movie is is the operation and uh, the subsequent uh, realization that somehow Moon is seeing um, shit that should not be seen. How long? is your copy of this film like an hour 40 okay because mine was like 93 minutes 94 okay and there were times where it was like breakneck speed like the whole oh by the way the operations now is is like no preparation at all she's blind we introduce her boom operations done she's recovering yeah, I mean, I think that's just the pace of the film. Like, uh, okay. when, I want to say it was Danny Pang, but I could have, you know, they're, they're twins, Richard, who can tell? Um, but <laughs> one of them was an editor prior to working with his brother as a director. And I think that they kind of direct with a sense of, like, we're going to edit the ever-living shit out of this movie. Yes. and Until it is just nothing but, you know, narrative propulsion. And I don't know that that always works, but especially in the early goings, I kind of appreciate a movie that's just like, look, you all know how this goes. We're not going to fuck around here. Look, here's the operation. Now she's got eyes. Whoopsie doodle. Here's a ghost. <laughs> and <laughs> it wastes no time. Right. Right. Um, but a couple of things I like about the, this upfront section of the film is I like the title sequence a bunch. That's kind of this Braille nightmare on Elm Street effect. Uh, where it's like you're read, uh, or Moon is reading the titles, <laughs> and as she does so, you they they go from Braille to uh, people talk or English. I guess <laughs> you know people what I mean. Talk. People talk. Yes. <laughs> the we'll just call them the sighted ones, right? Yes, sighted people. Yes. Um. So initially. Um, I also like that when you see her eyes for the first time, like before she goes to the surgery, they're all pale and crazy. Like she's a daywalker or something. 
I wrote in my notes that she's got Betty Davis eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it's also in this upfront section that we meet Ying Ying, uh, previously referenced, who is a little girl with cancer that is just apparently going bed to bed looking for a friend in this hospital. Oh. And bless her heart. Ying Ying is just a little too chirpy for my taste. I don't oh. I, I don't know that I want a, a, a child who is that upbeat and is also possessed of terminal cancer to be at my bedside when I'm going through eye surgery. <laughs> <laughs> well, nothing in this movie's like really maudlin or a little too schmaltzy. No way, dude. Yeah, this is a pretty grim affair. Like everybody in this movie is like, well, we've got to replace these eyes. Yes. Yes. I think we better had. It's a very somber movie. Rightfully so, though, because I don't think you could be goofy and pull off the ending. Because if you right. did, that would be, the tonal shift would be breakneck. Uh, so, it went, like, you know, Moon has this uh, this surgery, and then her eyes are all normal afterwards. Like, they, you know, they replace them, or her corneas or whatever. And as soon as she wakes up, there's fucking Ying Ying right by the bed. Just being like, hey, now that you're uh, out of surgery, let's go play. And it's just like, will somebody shut Ying Ying up for two seconds in the recovery room? Slow your roll, Curly. Right. Like, I know surgeries are nothing new to this kid who is just apparently ate up with cancer. Oh, yeah. The, the most disturbing thing is she describes her series of operations as, I have a brain tumor that's too big to take out all at once. Yes. <laughs> They're going right. to keep going back in and shaving it off or something, man. It's disturbing. But one of the most terrifying things in this movie is later in the film where um, Moon brings Ying Ying a little lollipop or something, a piece of candy. And Ying Ying uh, is like, thank you. But after the chemotherapy, I'm just too sick to eat. And you're just like, oh, Jesus Christ, the eye. What are we doing here? Where our poor cancer kid is too sick from her chemotherapy to eat candy. <laughs> it makes you wonder how did she survive to the end of the movie? They're being that upfront with it. I Honestly, you're right. The fact that she makes it as long as she does. Like, as soon as you see her, if you've ever seen a movie before, <laughs> you just clock her as a character that's going to die. Yeah, this isn't Bridge to Terabithia. Oops, spoiler alert. <laughs> right. No, I love when uh, she's like, I want to see myself. I want to see myself. I got my eyes did. I want to see myself. And I'm like, duh, take a selfie, idiot. Yes, yes. Who needs a mirror? What a stupid. But pretty much right away, she starts seeing these like vague silhouettes of, of people that aren't there. And I do like this where she, um, the first time, it's one of those kind of Hitchcockian things where just as an audience member, you're like, uh-oh, that's a ghost. <laughs> and and she, of course, just thinks it's just some random person in the room. Oh, man, that first ghost, too. The one who's cold, the I'm freezing ghost. Yeah. There, man. There are some Ooh. good ghosts in this movie. Yeah, dude. Um, elevator Ghost, we'll get to it in a second, but Elevator Ghost is fucking rad. <laughs> um, the, the liquor? The licking ghost is <laughs> fucking nuts. So, all right, we'll pork get to them. Pork enthusiast. <laughs> right. 
And th- that whole scene is is worth a, a moment. But <laughs> so I on some other stuff we get uh, Moon's mother introduced here, who's not super key to the film, but I like that character who just yeah. she always looks like she is ready to start some shit with somebody, like take off her sandal and start beating somebody with it. Yeah, yeah, she's like a, a character from like a Stephen Cho film or something. Yes, yes. That is just, you know, ready to take care of business. Just always smoking, too. I I really like it. (laughs) And and then we have, uh, there's that moment where Ying Ying stops by to take pictures to let us know she's going to die at some point. um, Where she's like, hey, let's take pictures of us together. And you're like, oh, fucking Ying Ying. You are just, you might as well say you, you know who killed Kennedy. You're out of here, right? You are, you are, you are a marked young lady, and uh, yeah, there's that, that that initial like extended sequence in the hallway with the ghost. That's pretty good, and one of my favorite moments is when like after you get the discovery of like oh this old woman that you saw last night is dead, when Moon is like no I I saw her with somebody here in this room this this very previous night. And the nurse goes, we don't allow visitors. And which I thought was a really funny, like, dum, dum, dum kind of line. Um, and then, uh, so once they, they leave the hospital, strangely, Ying Ying does not die in the in this sequence. Uh, but uh, Moon is eventually taken from the hospital, by the way, because her sister is like, hey, I gotta get you to, I gotta get you home because I'm about to leave town. She's like a stewardess or something, or uh, a hostess of the sky. I, I can't remember what the the modern flight attendant. Flight man. attendant. Jesus Christ, <laughs> I am too old at this point. And so, as, as a flight attendant, I'm throwing an Archie bunker, uh, Archie bunker, uh, against my will. Um, but we called, yeah. them the, we called them the peanut ladies. <laughs> I call it the lady what brings me my bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> the sister is taking her home from the hospital early because she's like, I got to leave town tomorrow and I ain't going to pay for a cab or nothing. So, and our, our grandma clearly can't do it because she's too busy smoking and looking derisively at her neighbors, apparently. Uh, so yeah, I gotta I gotta take you out of the hospital early so I can I can get this ride shored up before I get out of town. And on the way, Moon sees this uh, dude just standing in the street in the middle of traffic, oh, uh, yeah. pulling what I like to think of as a Fulci. <laughs> Perfect. So she they end up going to the nephew of the original like eye doctor oh my god this part uh his name is dr wah and he's a psychotherapist and uh he he starts our moon starts telling him about like hey i've been seeing some weird shit and uh over the course of time he does start to believe her and also falls in love um and then there's this whole middle sequence that is basically her seeing shit and then her trying to convince him that she's seen shit. And then we finally do convince him and it's off to 
like find out who the donor is of these eyes. But in this segment, I mean, that's kind of a brief description where a lot of shit really kind of happens. Um, but there's a whole scene where like when they meet this Dr. Wildcat, who's a, you know, younger doctor that it seems like moon sister is either trying to set her up by saying like, Hey, I need to cut out early. Can you take my sister home? Or she's just incredibly selfish yet again. It's just like, I'm going to leave. Take my recently blind sister where wherever you happen to leave her, I guess. It's like, please don't leave me with Doogie Hauser, MD, the psychotherapist. This guy looks like he's 12. Right. Like, oh what did you God. say? You can only see vague shapes. Hey, stranger, do you mind taking my sister, <laughs> you know, anywhere? And it... Again, I there's also this kind of plucky music playing that I don't care for. Uh, that's a little too yeah. goofy. The um, score has got really cool stuff in it, but yes, that is not one of the cool pieces. <laughs> no, the, yes, you're right. The score has some very like early two thousands kind of bomb, chuck 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 bomb. But also, it's got this like ding 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 ding. It's it feels like a, a fucking circus is about to start in this scene. Mm-hmm. But there, there's a pretty good scene where there's, like, it's Moon and her grandmother watching movies. And and it's it's Moon talking about how she wants to be independent and stuff. And the thing that really stuck out to me in this scene wasn't so much anything happening in the narrative. But it was a little heartbreaking to hear a character in Hong Kong in present day talking about, like, oh, I want to stay in Hong Kong instead of go to Canada because I can be independent here. And you're like, oh, honey, get out while the getting's good. Like, go to Canada. Yeah, right. Like, shit's about to go down in Hong Kong. You are you, you have exactly 18 years before the <laughs> authoritarian boot comes down. Um, and it's just sad. I mean, I, like, think of all the, the Hong Kong movies we're never going to get because of what's happening over there now. Uh, it's very sad to me. My My cat's on the table. She's not supposed to be on. But, yes, I echo your sentiments. Don't let... Don't let me be distracted by my cat. Like, not think I agree with you, because I do. But yeah. but you're also anti-cat. And we will not stand for that on this show. That's right. I'm authoritarian. That's my boot. <laughs> so there's, uh, while when Moon finally gets home and is hanging out with her grandmother, there's a ghost kid that turns up to ask for a report card that's pretty creepy. <laughs> and my, I love this kid. Yeah, my favorite part of all this is when like Moon goes after him and is like, hey... Where's your parents? Why Why do you need a report card? Where did you leave it? What's going on? She finally tracks him down to this doorway where he's just squatting over a tray and eating a candle <laughs> like you do. He's He's got his baritone voice. Like, have you seen my report card? Uh-huh. And then he's, like, he's a little candle eater. He is. <laughs> which I didn't know was a euphemism until now. Yeah, just munching on it, man. An unlit <laughs> candle, taking it down from bottom up. <laughs> and i couldn't i like i looked up a direct tradition like it, he disappears and then uh the this dude comes outside and like lights a candle and it seems to be a vigil for the dead and uh if you again if you've ever seen a movie before you're like wait a second i think this may have something to do with her eyes <laughs> what? so Another great moment that happens here. Moon gets kicked the fuck out of the blind orchestra she was in because she's not blind anymore. Oh my god. Reverse, uh... That's reverse 
freaking uh, discrimination. Thank you. That's the D word. The reverse discrimination. Now, and oh my god, I have a ghost. <laughs> Did you have? I, I think I had my ears replaced. I'm haunted. So, <laughs> Your ghosts. Freaking uh, the orchestra sounds so weird to me. I don't know if it was a, like they made a mistake in the recording or my copy because, of course, I'm just watching this by some kind soul who put it up on YouTube. Bless hashtag blessed man. Uh, yeah, it was sounded so bad. The orchestra sounded just one person off, and I'm like, maybe it's her because she can see now. Like she can't vibe with the other blind musicians, so she's got to go. <laughs> well, and the orchestra leader uh, or conductor or whatever, like whoever's running this program, is just like, hey, we've got a a, a couple of shout-outs at the end of the uh, practice today. First of all, Miss Tone Deaf over here can see now, everybody. Isn't that fun? And you're Yay. just like, are you just an asshole? And this Dude. is this is before he's like, uh, you know, hey, yeah, I I know you're not on the practice schedule next week, but that's because you're not fucking blind anymore. See, in reality, they would have hyped the hell out of this and made this a big charity thing, where they would have been like, "Yo, look how awesome our orchestra is! We made this lady see, like, take credit for her getting her vision back because of playing with them," and then. Then that way the guy could skim off the top of the donations and live a full life, not in Hong Kong, in Canada. <laughs> I say you blindfold her and call it a day. There, now you play better. <laughs> yeah, right. Here we go. Now it's all even Stevens again. <laughs> now you sound like you don't see good. Also, as the, the, as the <laughs> you sound like you don't see good. Uh, also when she's leaving the director twists the knife a little bit by being like hey see you later uh, and you're just like man i don't know if you did that on purpose but that's a real asshole move it's like you your eyes are fixed so now you can cry <laughs> right now you can see what it's like to be discriminated against <laughs> 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 you don't have to just hear it no more. The and also right after this is where uh Moon goes to meet Ying Ying after the chemotherapy and gives her the candy. Um mm. because I have the note, you know what peps up a movie? A child too sick from chemo to eat. So anyway, but she keeps having visions also, uh Moon does, of her room becoming more bohemian chic than it really is. Yes. And it's like, oh my god, what 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 hath these eyes shown me now? Everyone's had that dream where it's your room, but it's not your room, and then it isn't your room, and then it's your room again dreams, right? Yeah. Yeah, bro. Thanks to some brown sugar cubes. Oh, like like when you're baking? Yes, brown sugar, yes. Like the Rolling <laughs> Stones song. Brown sugar, I like the devil. Uh-huh, that's, sugar. those were the original Woo-hoo. lyrics. Steel Wheels tour, everybody. You know, <laughs> I saw him on the Bridges to Babylon tour. The thing that you mentioned earlier that I want to, I, I don't want to forget to to bring up, is how fucking difficult it is to get your hands on a copy of this movie. Um, yes, I ended what? up buying like a weird import of it, like a UK import, and watching it that way. But yeah. I couldn't find like a, a reasonably priced like DVD of this even. 
Yeah, two and three are like a dollar fifty a piece on eBay. Yeah, like they, two and three, every, they had too many copies of this for some reason, magically vanished. Yeah, I don't know what rights shit is involved here, but you need to get rid of that Alba movie and get this thing <laughs> back uh, back in its proper place stat. <laughs> because anyone who hears the eye and then sees that movie is going to be woefully disappointed. <laughs> I remember when this came out, they were they were hyping this big time, and I actually won a contest online, and I got the huge poster with the the candle eating kid, yeah, the big green the big green poster, uh-huh. and bonus, I got a freaking flashlight <laughs> that has an eye on it. So you pop the batteries in, and if you're in a really, 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 really dark room and you stand really, really, really close to the wall, uh-huh. you can kind of make out the image of an eye when you turn it on. <laughs> That's pretty neato. That is pretty cool. <laughs> but no copy of the movie. <laughs> yeah, we, right. Why Why would you have something like that when you can have a flashlight with a vaguely eye-shaped light coming out of it? If they made the flashlight version of that, you could get an eye job. <laughs> Help. Someone help. So here's another thing is uh, I I wish the movie spent a little more time getting into this, but an interesting part of Moon's like transition from being blind into a sighted person after not having uh, sight for 18 years of her life, uh, having lost her vision at two, is that she doesn't have a visual vocabulary is the way they put it where she has to kind of touch a thing to understand what it is. Even in, in the example that they give in the movie is uh, Dr. Wah holds up a stapler and is like, what is this? And she's like, uh, I don't know. And then when she touches it, she realizes it's a, a stapler uh, because that's how she understands. So that's her perception. That's how she understands objects. And likewise, she can't read. So yeah. there's a point where she is, um, at uh, a, a writing class. And this is one of my favorite ghosts of the movie where oh, shit. she's just like practicing uh, some some writing as her instructor is uh, like writing on the blackboard or something. And she sees that there is a female ghost in the room with her. And then she looks away for a second. And when she looks back, it rushes at her and screams, why are you in my chair? Ooh. And it's really, really terrifying. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. And then like right after this scene is the scene we get where she goes to eat noodles and, uh, and sees the ghost and child, like the, the mother and child ghost that come around and like lick <laughs> the duck meat or whatever. Uh, so this is apparently the a lady, a very kind lady, explains to her, "Oh, you see that you can see them. They don't like when you can see them." And then she gives a little backstory on this ghost that it was the wife and child of the owner of the place, and she just she can't live in the afterlife without that meat. So she wants to come back and lick her husband's meat. Sure, she does from beyond, <laughs> just like in Ghostbusters. This is essentially the the ghost that. Uh, found Dan Aykroyd in his dream. Um, I hate I hate that part. It's so gross. It, yeah, it's 
watching we, that with my parents and my mom laughing like he doesn't know what's happening and i'm like i'm trying to make a noose <laughs> I, oh i know what's happening all right mom i know everything that's happening i want to die uh it's a like the one-two punch of the why are you sitting in my chair ghost and the purple tongue ghost is really great in this movie where it, you know the criticism you see of this film is that it doesn't do anything terribly different and it's like yeah that's true but it it plays it plays a familiar song really well right and this and ghost this is was, a good and it was 2002 yes this was this was earlier than the big wave the big wave of asian horror that we're talking about yeah and so we kind of jump from that to another little chubby ghost Oh, little little butter chunks, <laughs> <laughs> and he's this little chubby school kid who runs through a uh, moon, and she's like, "Huh, he's a ghost!" And then she sees that a crowd is forming like down the block uh, after the the little butter chunks ran through her. And it turns out he was a kid who got hit by a car and that the, these dark figures that she has been seeing are basically kind of an analog to like a grim reaper. They just show up and are like, okay, we're here to escort this spirit on to the afterlife or whatever. And, uh, so she, these are the, the premonitions of, of death that she's been seeing. And then she gets home. There's a really weird scene where, when she arrives home, her grandmother and sister and a stranger are doing some like ritual curbside work with this report card. And Moon seems like completely unsurprised by all of the this goings on. It's just like, okay, well, you guys keep at it. I'm gonna head upstairs. Oh my god, the the report card kid's dark freaking story. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. That I mean. And like apparently the kid killed himself over this report card is that right yeah he he lost his report card and his parents accused him of losing it on purpose right and out of the freaking just the sadness of his parents not believing him he freaking jumped out a window which mom if you're listening when i brought home that piece of paper that i wrote that told you i got a 33 on that exam and the reason I wrote that piece of paper was because I truly lost that test. I got my first F on the first of many mm-hmm. in my illustrious career. And you accused me of throwing away the test on purpose. Why would I tell you about it, mom? Why would I bring home this like analog to that test paper that I'm showing you the grade I got so that I can get this signature taken care of? Then I get grounded for two weeks. You're so lucky I could have jumped out the window of our one-story house and maybe cut myself, Mom. I, I assume you're speaking generally here. like I'm speaking to the mothers of the world. <laughs> so, yeah, so after she passes by, you know, this poor suicidal kids. And the kid's like, what, like eight, nine? Yeah. I mean, talk about your, you know, man, bipolar children. Jeez. Jesus Christ. You didn't have time to let this kid go undiagnosed, you know? No, that is actually a really depressing thought. Yeah, it's just there wasn't enough evidence. He went he went straight from, hey, my parents don't believe I, I uh, me about the report card to dead. You need some intervention time. The best revenge is disappointment to your parents. I find that's true. And outliving them. 
but Hell yeah. Anyway, and then after the, all this business with the uh, the ritual, uh, this is where we see the elevator ghost, who is this ghost who uh, has his back turned to Moon the whole time and keeps getting closer. And then when you see what he looks like, half his head is caved in. Whoa. It's for real it, fucking oh, good. It's, is, is that makeup or is that one of those people that survived a really horrific brain trauma like it is incredible makeup yeah i think it is makeup i just think it's really good jeez uh but it's awesome and uh and and yeah it it, far and away my favorite ghost of of the film um maybe not my favorite effect of the film but it's my favorite ghost of the film and then uh we get some reinforcement that dr wah is falling in love with moon and he's starting to believe that uh um, she might in fact be seeing something that is supernatural. Um, there's a really cool scene in this sequence too, before we, we head to the, uh, the village where Moon is doing a solo with her orchestra or whatever. And, uh, and there's an exorcism happening with the, the candle ghost kid. And at the end, she passes out and wakes up in a hospital to Ying Ying by her bedside saying like oh i can leave the hospital now and i'm gonna go to school like with normal kids and right and you're like oh well this can't be good (laughs) because nothing nothing positive has happened to ying ying yet and we ain't gonna start now um and then one of the kind of reapery ghosty things shows up to take her away man it's just like how like i don't even know where we are in the time like in the what minute we're at, but I'm, I was so shocked that she made it this far. Yeah. I feel like this is the halfish waypoint or a little yeah. more because the, the thing that's weird about this movie, structurally speaking, is there's this kind of weird act structure where like everything we've talked about up till now almost feels like the act one. And then the act two is them going to the village and the act three is like the last 10 minutes of this movie. Yeah. It's It's, very strange. The whole thing is bisected when the doctor prescribes her the ganja (laughs) and then they, they pack some joints into a bong and 420 always somewhere. And then they, uh, 420 no scope killer. (laughs) Um, I love chronic. (laughs) Uh, look who's back on the program. Open up a, a, another fly joint if you want. Uh, and it, sorry, um, every now and again, I'm inhabited by the spirit of be real. Oh, I thought that was Gwen Stefani's sick lyrics, bro. No, that was uh, Cypress Hill. Um, so uh, we there is one scene uh, before we go to the village where Doctor Wah is hanging out with his uncle. And his like, and his uncle asks him, "Hey, were you reincarnated into the wrong body? You with you believing all this supernatural bullshit? It's almost like you're not one of the family." What? Right? It's a real dick thing to say, and he kind of oh he backs God. it up with like, "All right, but I'm going to help you out and find, uh, you know, <laughs> who, who the donor was of these mysterious eyes." But it really is an asshole thing to say to a relative of like, you're, were you adopted spiritually? <laughs> um, oh. You were supposed to go to a family filled with a bunch of other assholes. <laughs> Instead, we got gotcha. you. Um, you don't look like your sister. 
<laughs> also, there there's a really cool bit. It's a nice. It, it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, but it's a nice little twist in the movie where uh, when. Dr. Wah is showing a picture. He's like, oh, hey, I've got this card that Ying Ying, remember the dead cancer kid? Yeah, she made you a card by hand, as if you weren't already haunted enough by this child. And it's uh, it's the picture that they took together. But when uh, Moon sees the picture, she's like, oh, she must have put the wrong picture in this card because she was a dumb cancer kid. Oh my god, the ghost is back. <laughs> And um, Dr. Wah is like, what are you talking about? That's you. And she's like, the fuck? And it turns out that she has been seeing this other person, like the person whose eyes she has this whole time. Oh, my God. So she has not yet ever seen herself really. That's so cool. It's a really nice. And again, it doesn't ultimately matter. It's just really neat. (laughs) Man. Uh, but this is the point where she's like, I got to go find out who the fuck I got these eyes from because they are crazy, y'all. These eyes have seen a lot of things. These eyes are haunted. That's the ghost chorus. Um, so in the next segment of the film, they go to this village doctor. Um, uh, th- there was a, a young lady named Ling, is her name, who donated the eyes. And they go to her doctor, and they're like, hey, can you tell us anything about Ling? And the doctor is like, uh, I don't know anything about any of that. And then Moon is like, I am seeing all the same shit that she saw. And then the doctor is like, oh, well, in that case, let me tell you a really fucked up story about this chick Ling whose eyes you have. And it turns out that Ling had the same ability to see uh, spirits and be able to, you know, uh, have intimations of death before it happened. And her fellow villagers, however, Richard, did not seem to take this as a gift, but rather as a freakish curse and like threw rocks at her and and my my favorite is uh they were like sometimes they would just pour water on her and it's like well that doesn't sound so bad until you start to think about like how fucked up it is if you were out and about in your daily life and were suddenly soaked for no good reason and like god damn it i gotta go home and change clothes and anyway They did that to Sadako. They'd pour water on her and be like, you're going to die in a well. You're going to die in a well. Right. That's why she was so fucking mad. That's why she turned to 3D for a couple of movies. <laughs> That's really angry. Yes. that It is more than two dimensions of anger. <laughs> it's uh, vertical, horizontal, and angry. Those are the three dimensions. And uh, and the doctor also is like, yeah. And then she went around and told everybody that everybody was going to die. And, and instead of believing her, we kind of just drove her the fuck out of town. And when the vision came true, she felt guilty about it and, and hung herself. Jeez. And because suicide is just uh, ripe in this film. Um, and so on the heels of this, Moon decides she's going to spend the night... 
in Ling's bedroom uh, under the watchful eye of Ling's mother. And I don't look, I'm not a believer in ghosts per se, but even I would not spend the night in the bedroom of a dead psychic. No, sir. (laughs) That, That is, you know, there's not enough wood to knock on. Uh, in that scenario, you were just inviting a curse. And and sure enough, that's kind of what the fuck happens. Like, she, she hangs out in this bedroom. And she gets these visions of Ling being harassed as a child. And then realizes that Ling is uh, th- this spirit that is stuck in a loop. Where she is constantly reliving her own suicide. Oh, Which... Again, because this movie couldn't get happier. And strangely, not the most depressing thing that's going to happen in this movie. That's all saved for the end. <laughs> so, you know, if you thought this was uh, a bummer, just wait. And um, so Moon goes to Ling's mother and is like, hey, you need to forgive her because she is stuck in this permanent suicide loop. And the mother's like, fuck that. She is a disgrace, that suicidal bitch. And then Ling kind of possesses Moon. And she starts to hang herself. And only then does the mother sort of break down and forgive this ghost. So that she can save Moon's life. And then Ling's spirit just kind of leaves in in peace. It's, uh beautiful man like literally being forced to watch your your child you know a surrogate for your child die in front of you makes you go you know maybe i was a little hard on my daughter (laughs) right right and you know it's it's effective but i would argue that especially this portion like the back end of like once we discover who ling is in a different movie, this whole thing with, like, the suicide ghost loop would have been cut out. And it's just like, okay, we know who she is, we know what happened to her, we know why my eyes are haunted. And then you just skip to the end. Yeah, it wouldn't dwell. Right. And and I don't know if it's good or bad. You know, like, I think it's interesting. It's certainly depressing. And, and that's something this movie does well. <laughs> revels in it it yeah i mean it's a real bummer of a movie it's it's the kind of movie that feels like it's it's enjoying how dark it is you know a bit too much it's almost got that butterfly effect syndrome of just like look how fucked up this is bro now i don't have arms brother right and it's almost that and it gets even more torture party because after, like, they put Ling's spirit to rest and burn some incense and all that shit, they're on a bus back home, and they get caught in a traffic jam. And there's kind of these nice moments, like, before the traffic jam happens, where it's Moon looking out the window, and she sees kids playing, and there's lakes, and it's the the, the beauty of the countryside and all that stuff. And you're kind of at a moment of, like, okay, well, I guess we put Ling to rest. All is well. End of movie. Except, here comes this traffic jam, and while they're uh, stuck in traffic, Moon looks out the window and sees a bunch of these, like, Reaper ghosts trucking by, 
uh, heading towards uh, the the nose of the bus and then past it onto something in the distance. Yeah. And Moon gets out of the car or out of the bus because she's like, hey, with all these figures around, that means a bunch of people are about to die. And so we start to cut between present day and Ling warning the people of her village about this impending accident in the case of the the bus and and moon what's going down is that this like tanker filled with natural gas has overturned and there is a leak that no one has detected and when this dude uh, initially he turns off his car and then he turns it back on and when he does that it sets off an explosion meanwhile moon has been running down the line of cars, trying to warn people who do nothing but like slam down the, uh, the locks on the car doors and are like, look at this fucking kook. <laughs> and so then the explosion happens. Uh, Dr. Wah, uh, happens to tackle moon. Um, but not before some glass propelled by the explosion hits her eyes. Because it's extreme, brother! <laughs> and so he tackles her to the ground. The explosion washes over uh, the the surrounding cars and, and traffic. And you get this very, uh, very graphic in-the-car depictions of people just catching fire and blowing up. Yeah. And- this is pure Hong Kong cinema right here, folks. Like, they never shy away from just charred dead bodies it's terrifying man it's like the, looking at the fucking day after it yeah. is just cooked people in their cars following this explosion and it i mean to me this is the most memorable part of this whole movie um is the last what I mean, truly, it's less than the last ten minutes. It's the last like seven, eight minutes of this movie when this explosion goes down and the imagery following that, and like the rat being chased through pipes as as fire oh. is chasing it and everything. It's like this is fucked up, man. And yeah. uh, and she doesn't save anybody. Like everybody just ignores oh. her. So yeah, you've got this whole thing where she's done something really good. She's made peace with her, her freaking eyeballs and she's enjoying the world for the first time, you know, really, really, truly taking in the sights, uh, pun intended. And it's like this beautiful thing. And then we are propelled into this horror where we find out that her gift, other than helping like one person move on, her gift is totally useless and she doesn't save anyone. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bonkers. Not only does she not save everyone, she is now blind again and, and seems to be happier for it Yeah, of just like, Hey, this is, you know, there, like there's a point in the movie where she says she's kind of made peace with what she's seen and that she just hopes that she sees, like, well, maybe I'll see a loved one in addition to all these strangers who have died horribly. Like, maybe I'll get lucky and see somebody I care about. 
you know like that that's why she was like oh you know i saw ying ying and that was that was not a nightmare but a lot of them are a lot of them are horrible <laughs> nightmares just ghosts are assholes yeah just uh you know screaming leaping horrifying <laughs> images licking the pork yeah uh hellish glimpses of the afterlife i can never escape but uh every now and again something's okay um you know that's kind of what she's living with up until she goes blind again and then she's just like you know what dr Waugh is still down with me because like let's face it i'm kind of a hottie but dr Waugh is just like yeah i'm totally down blind or whatever I'm, you know, I'm down for a relationship and she's like, great. And I don't see dead people everywhere. That's even better. So, uh, <laughs> blind, uh, blind is a thumbs up for moon. And, and that's I it. I don't see dead people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's this horrible, almost Greek tragedy of, I would rather be blind than, than be cursed with this ability. Um, and it's terrible. Like it's this horrible, tragic story. And the, the most uplifting thing is like, oh yeah, she can never see another thing the rest of her life, but she's alive. And you know, the doctor is into her. Yeah. And she'll always be like, aha, sister. <laughs> I got this hot freaking 14 year old doctor as my boyfriend. Right. And her sister's like, oh yeah. By the way, he's gay and now owns the magic castle. <laughs> um, she almost had a ghost hunter show she's just about to go sign the contracts to go uh do those ghost hunting shows she'd be at alcatraz is anybody here um <laughs> richard what 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 if anything did you think about the eye as we come to the conclusion of it <clears throat> i like the eye i'm kind of hoping for the sequels to be really weird and uh-huh. just not have anything to do with this first one. Uh, I do like it and it's smarter than I remembered. Uh-huh. Some of the weird stuff that happens, it's like, man, that was pretty freaking cool. They really thought about um, a person who's never seen before what they would go through when they can finally have vision. So she didn't see since she was a child. It just, they really, really, really got into uh, the what you know a person would experience and then they use that to add some extra tricks into the supernatural storyline like when she was never seeing herself yeah she was always seeing that other girl uh and it's just that really super super smart i like that uh the scares are amazing the freaking ghosts are great and it's really eccentric as as a lot of the the freaking Hong Kong movies can be, and I love that when something like this that was so geared towards making a big pot of money, because this was a pretty popular freaking movie oh, when yeah, it came out. So. Yeah. It just it's just even the weirdness you can't escape the weirdness even in one of their like more quote unquote normal movies, and yeah, and I'm still traumatized from that ending <laughs> of the freaking charred people. It reminded me of a lot of the the category three stuff I've seen that's really really out there. Yeah, I, you know, I, I was thinking about where I would rate this ultimately, and I think at the end of the day, if if you were to, you know, pressure me into kind of a five star situation, uh, I would probably say this is like a really solid four stars out of five for me, where it's 
I, I do think there are some pacing issues. Uh, maybe it's just viewing it through Western eyes or whatever, but it, there, there are some pacing issues in the, in that back end in the village sequence. Um, and you know, I mean, it's just a, it, it's a product of its time. There, there are some things that, uh, are, are perhaps not the most original in the grand scheme of things, but all that being said, th- those minor quibbles aside, uh, I do think the scares are legitimately good, and I think it's done with a lot of uh, style and flash. And the, you know, the Ping brothers uh, have a directorial um, eye, and it looks very good. Um, you know, it, I, like the romance kind of at the center of the movie, I don't think really matters at the end of the day. It just never feels mm-hmm. all that significant, even though it's a, a, a significant portion of the story. Uh, it just never really lands. I don't think it never feels like. These these two are gonna are gonna make it by God, you know they've got each other's back. Um, but uh, I really like it. I think it's a it's a it's a really really solid ghost movie. If that's what you're in, <laughs> this sounds like a damning with faint praise. If it's what you're in the mood for, like if you are in the mood for good Asian horror, that's what the eye is. I don't know that I would ever call it exceptional. Um, yeah. other than to say like, no, it's like, you're not going to be bored watching it other than maybe a few minutes here or there where I, I feel like the story meanders in ways that, uh, I wasn't really on board with, but man, you know, like the elevator ghost with his face caved in is fucking cool. Ooh. And as, as you said, you are never going to forget the last 10 minutes of this movie. No. It, um, I, I did doze off a little during the village part where she was finding out where her eyes came from. And I have a very important note uh, that I wrote while I was not awake. Are you ready for this? Please. This sums up the whole movie right here. Just like I grim. It, that does. Yeah. You're welcome. All right, that is it for this episode of Hero Hero Go Show. A little more bite-sized, as I said, uh, but that's going to enable us to bring you this stuff uh, a lot more frequently. Next time around, uh, we will be talking about the I-2, which is a much weirder movie uh, than the I-1 even. Uh, But we will be back in two weeks with that episode. In between, you will get a little uh, G-Spot action. Uh, so please uh, make sure that you are subscribed to the Hero Hero Go Show feed wherever you get your podcasts, uh, as well as legionpodcasts.com, uh, where you can find this and many other fine shows uh, that are worth your time. And you can subscribe to Legion Podcasts uh, right there on the main page at legionpodcasts.com. Um, so thanks again for uh, listening, everyone. And uh, we'll be back in two weeks with the I2. See you then.